Hi friend, welcome to Heartbeats, a storytelling podcast taking place in an extraordinary land filled with ordinary people. I am your storyteller Xander, and here with me are Rob and Jazz. So let's take a trip into town and see what's going on, shall we? Charlene and Jacques are walking down the road. They've met Buck up after going their separate ways after the town hall meeting, and they're on their way to the mayor's house. And Charlene looks over at the burned out husk of what used to be the new Matsudakor building. Hey, Jacques, did did the sheriff ever find out what what happened to the Matsudakor building? Um, no. Don't know. I don't know nothing about that. It's just really strange that, like, the building burned down and the bank got robbed and everybody was asleep except us. Well, except me. I don't know where you were. Oh, look, there's the mayor's house. As y'all are coming up on it, you see that the house is like three domes stacked in, in front of each other. So you have a smaller dome behind it, kind of a bigger one and behind it, even a bigger one. Uh, and each dome is... Uh, from front to back is red, blue, and green. In front of the house is a truck, like a like an old truck, kind of like like that kind of like rusty blue look in the and the back truck. It has like a wooden frame for its uh, bed, and the front door seems to be wide open. Does it look like a moving truck, or does it just look like a truck that's broken down? Uh, it doesn't look like a broken down truck. It, it looks like it, it uh, not like a moving truck, but okay. a truck. And it looks like it has stuff in it. Like you see like a like a mattress uh, in, in the bed that's like, you know, leaning up against it. And some few knickknacks that y'all can kind like not really make out, but like tell like, oh, there's stuff in that truck. All right, Jack, let's solve a mystery. Mr. Kurtz. Candy. Hello, Mayor? Is anybody home? Uh, as you call out, uh, as you're getting closer to the house, you hear a voice uh, respond. Yeah, just one minute. Uh, and you soon see a young man kind of ru- uh, not running out, but kind of quickly, hastily running out a big box in his hand. The box is filled with books and the books exceed the casing of the box. So they're kind of like shuffling as he's trying to navigate to uh, the truck and it looks like these books are going to probably topple over and fall down scattering everywhere here let me help you with that charlene's gonna run up heaven forbid books should fall on the dirt and for the first time in multiple episodes we're gonna make a roll uh please roll me dex plus dex all right 2d6 not bad not bad uh that is an eight uh yeah so you're able to quickly rush up to him and get these like like towering of books able to be steadied and you help you balance the top while he walks it over to to the truck and y'all uh set it down oh thanks uh can can i help y'all with something And, and this man in front of you is really uh scrawny his hair is all wild and and it looks frayed Right, like the ends seem to be splitting, and they're so noticeable. Um, though he, his hair is very similar to Candy's hair, and his face kind of reminds you of of the mayor. 
Well, we were looking for Mayor Kurtz and Mrs. Kurtz. Do you, do you know where they might be? Uh, oh, yeah, they're they're at Borealis in the at the hospital. Um, Gosh, has something happened? Uh, yeah, Dad came. Uh, well, <sighs> hold on. Uh, he seems to like start flustering. His eyes are like really red and start. He's, it looks like he's trying to hold back tears. Let's like, let's sit down okay? for this. Um, Jacques reaches into his pocket and pulls out a handkerchief to offer to him. Uh, yeah, he, he takes a trip and, and dabs his eyes. It's like, oh, thank you. Yeah, I'm I'm fine. It's just, it's all overwhelming. It's been it's been sudden. <laughs> and he sneezes into your handkerchief. It's just, uh, Dad came down with mana scarring, and Mumsy is like freaking out and everything. Oh, it's. They're just making everything really hectic, and they're wanting their their bed and bunch of their stuff and books. I like they can just do this later. It doesn't have to be right now. It's been two days. <gasps> uh, so this man in front of you seems very uh like overwhelmed. <laughs> did did you did you say mana scarring? What 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 is that? Yeah um. Yeah, it's it's not uh it's it's not very common anymore. Um but mana scarring, you know, is when you you know, you use magic and you kind of push yourself too far and it starts causing scarring along your your mana channels. Jacques gotcha. just looks very blank and confused. Um, though someone here knows magic. Uh so Sherlene, can you roll me a um a knowledge roll of some sort, like a history or a straight intelligence. Okay. Would this apply to my knowledge of tradition? You can gain more information about things you can see in here? Uh, yes. Yeah, we'll go with yes. Okay. It doesn't give me a specific bonus. It just says I can get more information. Yeah. So I'll history in is int int. So that's 2d8s. That's terrible. That's a four. That's a four. All right. Well, you've heard of mana scarring. Um, you don't know too much of it. You know that, like, you know about how um, anybody who uses magic and it, really everybody in the world ha- has this, uh, like, channels of mana. Think of them as extra, like, uh, veins that are more okay. uh, ethereal. Uh, and it's how you channel your your inner mana out to cast spells. Um, if you push yourself too much, it causes scarring along those channels and too much scarring can cause severe health issues like uh, numbness in arms, severe pain. Uh, if you cast spells through uh, like through your mind, right, it can cause like uh, brain damage. Uh, it, mana scarring can become very serious very quickly. Uh though it ranges on like a mild to severe case. Uh, but you don't know any real details outside of that. It could be very severe, but it's not like you haven't heard much of it because it's not common anymore. Not a lot of people try to push themselves anymore because there's no need for it. Right. It was a big thing during wartime. But when there's not a war, why push yourself to that degree? Jacques, so so mana scarring happens a lot more during wartime. Like I've seen some people that suffer from it at 
the veterans' homes. I did a piece on uh, caring for a veterans once and got to talk with some people that suffered from mana scarring. And it's really horrible and it's really painful, but I didn't even know Mayor Kurtz knew magic. Oh, I'm, I'm Charlene, by the way. I don't think we've met. Hi, Charlene. I'm, I'm Ben. All right, Ben. Um, <laughs> well, Jack and I were just checking in to see how everybody was doing it. Obviously, this is a, a horrible time for you and your parents. Um... Do you want to just sit out here on the curb and, um, Jacques and I will go walk around the house, see if there's anything that you missed? <sighs> um, no, I, I can't, I can't sit. I, I need to, I need to, <sighs> I just need to move around, you know, just, just help. I, okay. I, um, I, I do appreciate the help, but I, you know, I need to do this myself. I, I just need to get like the certain things they need and then head and then drive on back to Borealis, take the, take the, take the good day drive. Um, but I, I appreciate stuff. I'll, I'll let them know that y'all were, y'all are concerned and, and, um, you know, we'll be sending, uh, updates back on, on the status and, and uh, everything. Oh, I, I really hope Mayor Kurtz, I mean, I mean, your dad is able to get well soon. Um, so I, I'm Jacques and, and I manage the, the finances in the town. Um, I'm surprised. Well, no, your dad doesn't tell me anything, so I'm not surprised that I didn't know you existed. Um, but speaking of people who I didn't know existed, um, have you ever met uh, a Mr. Stem? Uh, uh, the no, I don't. I don't think so. It's just he. He was at the town hall meeting just now, and he he, he was the one who told us that you're. Your dad was unwell and was going to be in Borealis, and and he said he was going to be managing the town, and I, I'd never heard of him, um, so I just want to make sure that it's not someone else coming in and and you know taking an opportunity, um, you know, like an unlocked door and lighting an oven. Uh, 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 um, sorry, I mean um, like an unlocked door and stealing valuables. Uh, um. Uh, okay, um, no, I, I don't know what my dad does. You know, he does oh. his work. I don't know any of his associates or anything. I mean, I can ask and, uh, mail you an, an update, I guess. But, I, I mean, he's kind of in bad shape. Um, Bumsy probably might know, so I'll, I'll have her send you something. Um, no, that's okay. Sorry, that was probably not a fair question to ask someone. Um, is there anything we can do for you? Now, now that you mentioned it, um, there, there's one thing I'm just not, I'm not sure of, and Dad and Mumsy just don't want to, just don't want to tell me. Mumsy blamed Dad being in the service, which I didn't even know he was served. But, like, I just don't know how he got mana scarring, like, like, I, I, they won't tell me and like do you like do you like does uh, 
Like, did Dad, like, do magic here? Like, did he, did he show off or something? Because, like, I knew he, he, like, dabbled a bit, but I didn't know he could even, like... Uh, and he just starts, like, uh, dabbing, like, putting his hands in his face, the, the, um... A handkerchief <laughs> you uh, you gave him like in his face and he sneezed in so like probably rubbing like some snot on his face uh, he, he just starts kind of like uh, not breaking down but just breaking down a bit <laughs> so he didn't uh, really look, answer your question <laughs> oh no look uh, come here and and Jacques reaches forward to um hug him and comfort him um it's okay Brad it's it's okay your dad will be all right Yeah, so uh, after a little while of consoling and making sure that Ben is uh, okay and going to be okay, um, you guys kind of make your way to Fluffy Eats uh, to kind of have like a, a late lunch uh, to kind of sit down and just relax after uh, the events of today. And y'all are sitting down, y'all have ordered y'all's food, and y'all are just sitting outside. Uh, what are y'all? What are y'all doing? Hey, Charlene. Yeah. You're from Borealis, right? Born and raised. Did you ever have to go to the hospital there? Well, there was this one time that I got stabbed. The other time that I got pneumonia. Another time. Yeah, I've had a couple of times. Yeah. Yeah, I just wanted to know that Mayor Kurtz would be getting good treatment and that he... W Did you say stabbed? Oh, yeah, it was with a pencil. I was in, like, primary school. It was fine. Oh, you had a lead with that, Charlene. That sounded really serious. Well, there was the whole consideration about lead poisoning, but it turns out the pencils were fake. That was actually the first story I broke, was the fact that their school was... Passing off school supplies as fakes. It's really pivotal, you know? <laughs> I, I love the idea of counterfeit school supplies. <laughs> yeah, everyone riding in trail. <laughs> um, I can't imagine you as a kid, Charlene. Um, you always seem so mature. Yeah... I've been getting that word my whole life. But mostly imagine Charlene smaller with less hats, more colorful clothes, and a big long brown braid that almost touched the back of my knees. Mm. I was short. I like, there was a point where I like stretched out. Like, like think, think, don't think elf. Think like, like dwarf kid. And then one day suddenly shot up beanpole. Um, my sister Marie, she used to always tease me about it. I can imagine going from really short to really tall. Yeah, that that's definitely a sister thing, mm. I guess. I wouldn't know. You don't have siblings? No, not really. I mean, kids I grew up with in the neighborhood were kind of the closest I got. Well, mostly I followed them around and... They tried to hide from me because I was nosy. That's a sibling thing, right? No. No, it was mostly just me and my dad. 
And I always had pets that I would bring home. Like one time I brought home this frog that had horns. Well, they were really just more like really big warts. But they looked like horns. Yeah, I, I brought a... Um, oh, what are they called? Oh, I've forgotten the name of them. You know, um, really big cat. Oh. A bobcat? No, no, really big cat. Like a really big cat. But not like a dog. Jaguar. That's the one. I went to the zoo and I bought a jaguar and I brought it home. My you dad bought wasn't one. bought. Yes. Um. My dad wasn't super pleased. Um, Jock, they don't let people just walk in and buy zoo animals, especially not kids. So tell me more about your childhood. What did you get up to? Oh my gosh, so many things. I. Remember this one time I was really curious about what happened in church during like the midnight service because it was like an adults only thing, mostly because all the kids were supposed to be in bed. So one time I snuck in and I fell asleep under one of the pews and I woke up to hear a whole bunch of chanting. Yeah, Wait, was which, not which a church was that? Story. Which oh, church? It was the Church to Magic. No, the one with the K, not with the C. The one on. Like, the one on 7th Street? Yeah. But they let you in for that service? I mean, um, I had to fall asleep under the pew. Hey, Charlene, we're friends, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure. Well, uh, okay. I haven't had friends in a long while, so I'm, I'm going to ask something, and it's kind of hard to ask, but, like, can I trust you with a secret or two? Jacques, I'm a journalist. I don't tell anybody's secrets. Ever. (laughs) (laughs) And there you have it, folks. The line that broke both of them. Well, uh... I'm going to tell you some stuff that I would tell a friend, but I wouldn't tell um, a journalist. So for the next little bit while we chat, can you can you can you be a friend and not a journalist? Of course, Jack. So um, I was in that church and that service because um, my dad was running it. At the Church of Magic? Or the Mm. Church of... Oh, 7th Street. Yeah, Church of Steiner. Um, After Hours. It's like the the After Dark edition. Uh, Right. Steiner. Yeah. Um, You know, funny story, that's not the first time I've met her. Well, it's not really a funny story. I hate her, but that's that's neither here nor there. Uh, so, I I grew up in a family that worshipped Steiner. I, I think I've said that before. My dad was a jerk. I've said that before. My dad was a jerk because he ran a church of Steiner. Um, he and his father and his father and his father and so on and so forth. You get the idea. Um, They've, they've been worshippers of Steiner for a really long time. 
um, and and so you know Stein is about order and 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 um, structure and stability. That's what that's what people will say in the history books, uh, in the theology books. But um, my dad and 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 all of my family really, their view of order was about society. Um, there's a right place for everyone, some at the top and some at the bottom, and, and their place was at the top. When I was a kid, I thought that meant I got to be at the top. It meant I got to buy Jaguars. Oh. And, and I did, because we were the nobility and we were rich enough. Wait, did you say nobility? But I don't... I don't know the House of Lapan. Oh, um, there, there isn't one. Um, Lapan's not actually my name. Um, I, I just needed an, another name to, well, um, let's just say that, uh, Heartbeats isn't the first time I've run away. You said you were running from business. Were you running away? Huh. I don't handle a lot of things well. I think you've probably noticed that. I'm, um, I'm, I'm a, I get a bit scared and timid, like a, a rabbit. Hence the pun. They mean the same thing. Oh. Well, all of that goes back to me not wanting to see my family. And that's kind of sad. Um, it was sad seeing Ben wanting to be with his family while they're not well, and me thinking that I could see mine any time. And well, I don't know. Do you miss your family? Yeah, I miss a couple of people from Borealis. I wrote the letter to my dad. Um the other day and I hope he'll come visit soon I, I miss a couple of other people too that were kind of like family but things happen and sometimes you need space or land or a train ride or made a magical emergency or a new pet or a sky raft no one needs those, they're horrible. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I miss them, but I know that wherever I am and wherever my dad is, like, they may not be the same place, but he's still with me, kind of. Everything that I do to be a journalist, I hear my dad's voice in my head, and he's reprimanding me for bringing home a horned toad, and... Telling me to stop beating up the bullies at school, and... Okay, he was really impressed when I broke the fake lead pencil ring at school. But yeah, there's... I mean, I miss him. I miss family, but... Not everybody needs to be together all the time to feel like your family. But if you could be, why wouldn't you be? Like... Why are you here, Charlene? Um, that's a really big question. 
Jacques. Give me a second. Jacques reaches onto the table and takes Charlene's notepad and bit of paper, uh, notepad and pen, moves it in front of him, then moves it to the side and says, it's okay, Charlene, I'm a friend too. And not a journalist. (laughs) (laughs) Jacques, I know you're not a journalist. You have terrible pen names. Okay, so you want to know what brought me to Heartbeats? I was a really, really good journalist, but like, not just a good journalist that just went around and found stories and wrote about them. Like, my my whole thing was getting inside of things and finding out how they worked and then writing about them. So my latest story before I got here was about a large family. I guess you could call them that. They kind of considered everybody family. And I became part of their family too, kind of, so that I could learn about them and then report on the fact that they were actually a massive crime syndicate who adopted people in order to keep it all in the family. And so that people couldn't run away. So after I did a story about the impenetrable family that did lots of crime and kept people from running away, it was kind of time to run away. Shark um, reaches across the table and grabs Charlene's hands, and he looks at her very seriously for a moment. Charlene, we're both running away from big families who commit crimes and don't let people leave. Yeah, but I like my dad. But not your adopted dad? Right. Yeah. Not him. What are the odds of that? I mean, there's only so many crime families in Borealis. <laughs> it was inevitable. I meant two people on a train, both running away from psychopathic families. It's almost like... Look at camera. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like, well, like someone's written a story. Jacques, that is preposterous. There's no way our story would be interesting to anybody. Okay, so that's the reason why I left Borealis. But that's also not really the reason I'm in Heartbeats. I don't understand. Like, if you're hiding, I think Heartbeats seems like a great place to hide. Oh, if I wanted to hide somewhere where I wouldn't be conspicuous, I would have gone to Soul Rhythm. I'm just saying. I I came to Heartbeats... Because it was at the end of the train, but also because I knew that there were certain people that would never come visit me here. And I kind of needed that. So I I never got a chance to thank you for my birthday gift. I absolutely love the canary. I, I've named him Sunflower. Sunny. Oh, that's really cute. Yeah, um, he's doing really well. And it reminds me of 
this pet that I got one time. Um, I used to have a canary when I lived in Borealis. And one time I was out walking around and I found this bird um, that had gotten injured in a rainstorm. And so I brought it home and my girlfriend and I nursed him back to health. And his name was Yoke. And time went on, and the three of us were really happy. And then I started doing bigger stories, and I started being away from home for longer times. And um, she started to get really concerned about how long I was gone and how unsafe it was to infiltrate rogue organizations and you know probably saying all the smart stuff what happened to Yoke? well after I came home from that big story about the crime family, um, she had moved out. And Yoke was there, and he was fine, but it wasn't really the same, just the two of us. And it was about a week later, and the story came out in the paper. And I came home from a day of working and he wasn't there anymore. And I think it was of a broken heart. And I came to Heartbeats because I knew that she would never know where to find me and I would never have to tell her that <coughs> that Yoke died because I wasn't there enough or because we weren't there and it was us happy three or whatever reason it really was. So I ran to the furthest place I knew. Here I am. Yeah. Happy stories all around, I suppose. Thanks for dropping by Heartbeats. That one was maybe a little bit more serious than some of our other episodes. If you want to talk about it more, you can contact us on Twitter at HeartbeatsCast or come hang out with us on our Discord at bit.ly slash HeartbeatsCast. Bye, friends. <laughs>